This audio is visual is a podcast aimed at engaging visual artists about their journeys and their career. And we're back with an episode of Gala 2020-20 Vision. We got Puleng Mongale. Wow, Mongale. What does Mongale mean? I have no idea. I, I'll have to find out. <laughs> yeah, I have to find out. <gasps> Chilling with Buleng. Uh, so Buleng Mungali was born in 1991 in Orlando, East Soweto. At the age of seven, they moved to Inaturena, where, where they currently live with Iberin Zaike. She matriculated in 2009 and went on to attain a general B majoring in English and Communication Science at the University of South Africa. Then she enrolled in 2015 at Umuzi, a creative hub based in Johannesburg, and pursued the copywriting. But Upuleng only picked up the camera in 2019, and I don't believe this. It's true. 2019? Yep, it's true. 2019 was the first time. That's after I got retrenched. And then I was like, okay, I want to tell stories. Not even, yeah, I just wanted to document. So the best thing was, okay, let me get a camera. And then I got a camera and it turns out that I wasn't even going to shoot other people. <laughs> I was shooting myself, mm-hmm. which is what has been happening ever since mm-hmm. that journey started. Great, man. So, so prior to you picking up the camera, what were you doing like career-wise? So I, I can say my career, creative career started when Umuzi when I went to Umuzi, because prior to that, I was doing my degree in English, didn't really know what I wanted to do or where that qualification could even get me, basically no exposure whatsoever in terms of like creative careers. So the only thing I knew is that maybe I can write or whatever, so that's what I did, enrolled for copywriting at Umuzi, worked at a few agencies as a copywriter, mostly for digital, and that's basically how I earned an income. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and until last year. Do you feel like um, some of the copy, copywriting practice filters into what you do now? Like in terms of concepts and all that? I don't know. For me, my journey in like copywriting was very weird. I don't even really feel like I even still know how to do the job. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I was at agencies, but not really doing any groundbreaking work or anything like that. I mean, I started out as a writer. I love poetry growing up. I wanted to write. I did write some poetry. I did enter a bit of competitions. That's how I started, right? Knowing that I love things like creative expression, basically. Mm -hmm. But I don't know with copywriting. And there's some hostility, to be honest, with that, because I associate writing now with the um, advertising industry. And I haven't written in a long time. So, so I it's, just... It's hard to separate the two, agency and writing. Yeah, because basically there's a certain kind of writing that is needed in an agency. Mm-hmm. And when you find that it's not the right fit, you end up compromising a lot mm-hmm. so that you can get the job done. So, yeah, just because you're a writer doesn't mean that advertising is it, but we are forced to now consider it because it's one way of making mm. a sustainable income, right? But it wasn't the kind of writing I was into, but I had to do it because I had the skill and I was trying to make money. But I'm glad that I eventually learned that actually there are other ways. Of. Yeah. Yeah. Other ways. Ever since I came to Joburg, I'm realizing more and more like creatives and their backgrounds, oftentimes, 
people have either worked within the advertising um, industry or they want to get into that sphere. But when I, do you feel like uh, but the, your time with agency and advertising sort of help you with like branding for what you're doing now? I don't know. Because <laughs> even what I do do now, I don't, I haven't really tapped into that thing of like making myself a brand or whatever, you know. I think at some point I will have to cross over. I mean, when I start selling merch and I start doing things a certain way, I mean, mm -hmm. even how I frame my artwork, eventually I'm going to want to have a specific design of how I do it. So it's an ongoing process mm -hmm. because when I did start, I wasn't starting with the intent of it being a company or a business. Yeah, but yeah. as you grow, the journey takes you there. So, but yeah, I think maybe because I have been exposed to that environment, I know what comes with making packaging yeah. your work, you know, because I did work in that space and I learned the importance of it. So I think, yeah, to a certain degree, because I have been in that space, I've played in it. I think, yes, for sure, it does mm -hmm. kind of like have um, an impact in how I make my decisions. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I could say that. Yeah. And then like generally just packaging for, for artists, how, do you, how important do you think it is to come across, I know when someone sees maybe a, an image of you, know immediately, ah, that's Puleng's work. How important is like branding yourself in this day and time? It takes its own time. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I did start, I just knew that I, I love beautiful things. I love telling certain stories. There's a particular aesthetic that I, I wanted to share. And even not just, I wasn't even really that conscious of it. That's why I'm saying it's a process. I started with intimate strangers. I didn't even know how a camera worked. I got two of my friends, Homoto Bantu. I was like, guys, I've got this idea that I want to do. So I had to direct the whole thing and do the set and tell them, please shoot it like this and do mm -hmm. that. And then wherever you can work your magic, you know. And then this is me five years later yeah. and I'm taking pictures of myself. Yeah. So you don't just create something and it looks like it's a journey mm -hmm. and eventually you get there and the only way to get there is to keep doing it mm -hmm. it's difficult sometimes but you just have to keep doing it until yeah it reflect i mean your work reflects where you are mentally the things you're going through sometimes most of the time i feel like that with my work you know and then eventually it comes together it yeah so it's important because mm -hmm. it sets you apart but i feel like once you have found your voice and that thing that you love, I feel like no doubt you can look at somebody's work and be like, everybody's capable of a signature mm -hmm. because nobody else does shit the way that you do. Nobody. Exactly. Like, we're all doing all these creative things. They are photographers, but nobody, at the essence of it all, is that nobody can do it like you. Yeah. So eventually, if you keep going, yes, people will be able to set you apart and it will work in your favor. And yeah, that's what I think. Great, man. And now, now, now that you're able to maneuver a camera and be able to you know set it up and 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 make your own own images do you feel like you have more creative power like in executing your ideas definitely i mean i did start out with collaborations those are very important i feel like as a creative it's a stage that you can't you can't jump whether you start with collaborations or you end with them you know for me that's how i started i learned a lot from the people around me they helped me see things differently and all of that but also self-portraiture for me well with the camera and then learning how to use it self-portraiture for me was the safety net i mean when creating resources are very scarce especially for us black creatives 
And with self-portraiture, all I needed was myself. Mm. And I could be in whatever space, it didn't matter, and I could choose whatever was around me. It makes things happen quicker for me. It makes the execution of my ideas, my, the process much yeah. faster, because basically I'm the only one I have to answer to, you know? I still love collabs, but sometimes the resources are not there. I know I used to do a lot of like styling things. At some point I stopped because it's my own wardrobe, or I'm sourcing it, and then at the end of it, it's a collaboration, but how are we making money out mm. of it? How come we never get to the money part of it? But I have spent money on this thing to get done, but when are we going to start talking returns, about the yeah. money part of it? So yes, definitely with me executing my ideas myself, yes, the power is there because then I've exercised my own agency mm. and it all boils back to me that we'll see what am I doing to take this further. Exactly. It's all on me mm. and I don't have to consult other people that I've worked with or whatever because it's just me. Mm. Yeah. From, from from making sure you frame it whatever, however way you want it and plus you're the subject as well. Yes. So when you have a concept, what comes first? Because I know you do, and this is what drew me to, to your work, the collages that you put together. So what comes first? Is it the portraits? or the collage first and then the portrait or it's mostly the portraits so if you also look at like the very first collages i created those are reused images it's um and which is what i also love about collage work is that something can be new 10 times over you know it, you can literally it's manipulation but usually it's the work that comes first. And that's how I also practiced. I had images that I had done and collaborated with other people. And I was like, how, how can I take this further? How can I make this something else? And then obviously collage work is where that came in, where I could manipulate things. And the nice thing about that is that, okay, when it was a standalone, it depicted this, but now it's in a collage and it's telling a totally different story. The clothes are the same, the expression is the same, but in terms of the art direction, and I give it a new life, mm. you know? So. Yeah, so most of the time it's usually the portraits that come first. Sometimes it's the idea, but then you end up getting to the work and it looks nothing like what your mind thought it would look like, which is what I also love. That's why I don't plan most of the things that I do. I do it on the spots, mm -hmm. even with collaborations. That's what I prefer. We can, like we can't plan and plan and plan. Let's just get on set and see what we can come up with. I'm led by intuition, feelings. So I let that guide me, basically. And I, I just like making the most of what I've God, like at that moment mm. in time so impromptu for me all the time because if I have to wait to acquire the things that I need I, I'll never get to yeah. it so when I'm on the spot I surprise myself mm. like suddenly that thing now can be used as my head wrap or whatever you know that's what I that's when I really thrive when I allow myself to be vulnerable to not have it all figured out and then I just let the work guide me mm. yeah and then like I was just to backtrack a bit you mentioned intimate strangers and that's like a a, a, a project that you was it you worked on on it 2016 16 and it came in different themes mm. so it was a series how many parts were there of it um I got up to four four, four parts, parts yeah. yeah so the one that really interested me was the one on social commentary on labor relationships in South Africa so can you just like speak more on it and what your thoughts were around it? So how I did that one, literally I visited home, every state, where my grandmother still, well my mom's aunt, but my grandmother still is. She was a domestic worker. And I mean, she always has these tales. I mean, the time Tropong is like a, a street away and it doesn't even look like Tropong. 
and she'd be like, yeah, the tote ke tote ko bossi haka mang mang Mr. Kukemur ko kai kai tswara kya ufa ke mafa aka ana hot 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 and then my grandmother gave me those things. I was like, man, I I have to do something with these things, you know, and. Yeah, so that's how that one like basically started. I was like, oh, let me tell my grandmother's story, you know. And for me, it was also that thing of okay, but my but there's this wealth, you know, of just the things that we keep. I mean, it's just a dress, mm. but she's held onto it. How we take care of things, like how those dresses. I mean, my grandmother was using when she was probably like in her thirties, and mm. here I am now, not even you know. And I'm she's giving it to me, and I can use it. And yeah, so for me, it was basically just documenting that story. Like I, I felt for me it was interesting, and it was beautiful, you know. So I was like, let me just try document what home looks like for mm-hmm. me, in like with regards to what my grandmother has contributed you know my mother also was a domestic worker when she was 19 that blew my mind i was like so <laughs> you didn't know that <laughs> no she was like yeah, next time it's a me omongli and whatnot and then one day i just upped and left and but i was like 19 like yeah. these are people's real stories mm. and to think that i never even had to consider that would say okay shubi okay maybe i will go but yeah it's real jobs you know and for me what it was, even about labor relations or whatever. I wanted to show black women happy. I wanted to show black women living their lives. I mm-hmm. wanted to show black women as beautiful, you know. And I know Uzi domestic work is one of the most exploitative like yeah. jobs you can get, but I'm I'm not about telling those kind of stories. Mm-hmm. I feel like we know them and that's what the news are for. I'm never ever going to depict like black people struggling. Because that's not where, that's not, like, you don't rise from stories like that. We know the hurt, we know the suffering. I just wanted to give it life. And yeah, my grandmother's yeah. story was the backdrop for that. So, yeah, that's how it You just about. made me look at, like, trauma, like, differently. As well. I think as much as, like, not taking away from anyone's trauma or the things that we do go through, but there is, like, a different, like, a beauty in that darkness that is often not tapped into because we are so obsessed now about like the lack of resources that we have and I like what you said earlier on like using what you have at your disposal at that moment and then I just want to um, um, pick on something that you said as well you said you act on e-intuition Yako so how do you do you think that so I'm assuming that you work when you feel like your energy and your intuition is calling you to but oftentimes people say you should not wait for inspiration or act on intuition, but also always churn out something. So when I, what's 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 your view on that? Like yes, I am for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Toni Morrison said like if I had to sit down and wait for inspiration, I'd never write at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like my mind is always buzzing. I always write things down on my notepad. Who's okay in doing And sometimes I do sit on my PC and I attempt something and it's a flop. I'm like, what the hell is this? And then I have to start all over or take a break from it. But the point is that I did attempt. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow when I come back it's a different story you know and sometimes you're just not ready for that thing that you're trying to communicate and it's showing in the work that you're not ready and that's the thing where uh, intuition falls in because sometimes i've got it like this is what i'm gonna wear this is what i'm gonna do and then i get on set and it looks horrible but then it's like okay pull maybe that thing that's sitting there put that in let's see how that looks so also it's about not being afraid of not getting things right you know it's frustrating when you really like amped up to do something and then i but for me, I've learned that it's all part of the process. If the work is not coming, also I don't, you know, but what I'd rather do is um, 
indulge in other people's works that's also always beautiful to see how other people do what they do i just constantly always feed myself with other people's work around me it fills me up it's lovely especially from other black Mm. creatives for me sometimes i'm just looking at someone's work and it can spark something totally different in my head or whatever and then i feel like okay i'm inspired or whatever I write it down. If I can at that time attempt, then that's what I do. Mm. So they work hand in hand, those things. You must know not to foster. (laughs) And you must know when to wait, you know. It's all part of it. And then they all play together. But then we live like in this time where people are just churning out content a lot of the times. When you go to your Instagram feed, you just see, ah, Bulen just posted like a new collage. So obviously maybe behind the scenes there are plenty of other collages that she's doing like so how does a creative manage like to stay relevant but also make sure they are putting out quality content don't try to stay relevant yeah don't because at what cost you know Mm. and i've been having this conversation a lot even with the works that we do like where they're just people bashing people's content which you know i like why did you do it like that or whatever like like if you don't like it move along you know and there's that thing where people just have these expectations of black creators like no dude like i want to say fuck you but if the content is not if you don't like it it's not for you Mm. because black audiences also have that thing must reflect their life story what is a black life story you know what i mean blackness is not a box it's not a trend it's not a prescription it's not whatever just because i do things this way or this is what he i'm glad (laughs) someone is saying this because i always say that even a black experience is not a blanket experience a black child creative in the township does not experience the same thing that I experience in Johannesburg CBD. It's totally different. Mm-hmm. It's really totally different. And you should be able to express whatever you want. And if the work doesn't resonate with you, it's cool, babe. Sharp. Sharp. Yeah. Like, don't bash me about what I'm trying to do. It's fine. If, if you've got some nice criticism, not nice, but if you've got something critical and meaningful you'd mm-hmm. want to share, yes, come at me with that. But don't be mad at me because my work doesn't touch you where you think it's supposed to touch you. It's just not the target market. And it's for me. I'm the artist. Like, I don't owe anybody content, bruh. Like, I owe myself, you know, to take out whatever is inside of me. People also, I don't understand. Art is very personal. Mm. It's created by a human being. It's Do you go to the shop and be like, hey, you just don't buy from whatever that shop is afterwards and you move on, you know? So Totally, man. I'm with that. A hundred. So recently you post on your Instagram. Let me see the date. On the 3rd of March, you posted... Can you please pronounce it? I'm bad. Shoot. Only fatsing lava size. So what was the thinking behind this collage? That one is a bit of a tough one. I mean, the images of the women at the back, I took them last year. I was walking around town with my son and my boyfriend, and we just had a camera, and I took those. I'm like, that's a very beautiful image, but then I didn't know what to do with it. And then somehow this year, I revisited it. And I mean... I was happy to have gotten it because most of the time that is the kind of um, attire that I put up on my um, in my own photos even when I do dress up that is most of the time the kind of um, aesthetic that Mm -hmm. I go for because I'm very inspired by working class women day-to-day women the women I see moving around in the Mm. city like that's but then I just thought okay if I slot myself in there and then like how how naliba sadi fella like yeah. Hujuang, you know mm-hmm. let's try and see and yeah basically that is what i was trying to do and depicting the women in all the different forms there well i tried i mean there's a smoking one there there's one that's chilling there's one who's trying to who's 
thinking mm. a lot or whatever. Yeah, it was a very playful thing. So the the the, the uh, self portraits you know, are made in one setting. I'm assuming. Yeah. Just different poses. And, yeah. And yeah. Still fun. Still. Collages are really interesting, and I see like a lot of people are starting to get into it. So, what do you use? Do you some people do the collages on on their phones? Yeah, the so there are apps and stuff that you can use. Um, someone shared one with me also um, last year that you can actually do on your phone, but I haven't been able to tap into it because my phone is just it's mm -hmm. a mess. But I use Photoshop most of yeah, I use Photoshop Dope, for like, all of them. Your, 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 these they're really beautiful and I see Thank this thing you. you're talking about about like depicting beauty than, than angst and sadness yeah because in some of those those artworks like dude I was depressed as fuck like mm -hmm. I was very very depressed but I'm not gonna wallow in it right mm -hmm. so and that's what I love about like um, self portrait I was even saying this morning is that it exposes all my flaws like gives them all to me but when the picture comes together, it just reminds me how beautiful everything is, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah, like, things don't have to be bad and whatnot in order to show people the or good. Like, you know what I mean? So, for me, that's that. I use the work to also um, document how I've survived my depression, continue to still, like, survive mm -hmm. it through the work, you know? So, yeah. Dope, dope. E Elendo, um... I read somewhere, I don't know if you were part of the documentary, it's your documentary, Blackest. Oh yeah, mm. Blackest. Mm. Still busy on it? I kind of abandoned Blackest, but it's so weird because every time I went back into the advertising industry, I was like, this this, this needs to be on Blackest, you know? Um, even recently, like I worked on something, oh my gosh, I hope I don't get myself, but I worked on something and I was doing wardrobe for it and... Yeah, basically white people hired again to shoot black people's lives, you know, and the black people are there as the assistants and whatnot. Mm. But here are people here and they're shooting black lives, like things that we know about, you know, but we're getting. So I think even that conversation for me, it just like woke me up again. I mean, that incident woke me up again because it, from the day you know that you're a creative, yeah. you are having these conversations. And just because you've removed yourself from situations, mm -hmm. you think then the stuff doesn't happen anymore. And then you do it also in your freelance capacity and it hits you again. That shit, this thing just doesn't stop. Mm. It doesn't stop, you know, so... Blackest was that, um, I mean, for me, um, the advertising industry it was a big, it was harsh, man. It was like a harsh awakening for me. And, and I did end up in hospital for, mm. like, after some other job because I was so depressed, like, so, so depressed. I was like, okay, I've worked hard, I've done this. Even qualified, I've had to go through a channel yeah. that is umuzi, like we were speaking earlier. I mean, there's a place for black kids to go so that they can go into. Mm. And the qualifications the are there, the talent is there, but you have to constantly go through these other channels, you know? So Blackest was about that, that, okay, we work hard and whatnot, and then we get into these spaces and these are the channels, I mean, the challenges that we experience. So... Blackers was about that, like providing just a safe space for people to be able to talk about the traumas and just the nonsense that mm. happens in like the spaces that we are in. And it's not just advertising, it's all kinds of industries, it's the you know. Time machine. Yeah, yeah. dude. The so that's machine. what Blackest was about. I don't know if it will see the day because I got tired of addressing whiteness, but yeah. <laughs> the, the the titles for intimate strangers, um, I noted that they are often derived from lyrics. Some, some, yeah. 
two. So Andy Hamilton, that that one definitely by um, uh, Tony Summers, right? Yes, and that that one. I was trying to show like how, because it was shot in a very industrial sort of setting, but then also including isn't this is seventy-seven like Malpata or whatnot mm. to symbolize Wuti. We are in this industrial setting, but that doesn't mean the spirits don't wander around us, or that there aren't other spirits like that still need to be saved, or that still need to cross over, and all of that. So it was what I was depicting, and that's what happened really in industrial areas. Like people come from far to come and get jobs, and then, you know, so that's basically where I was going, that we are not mm. alone, like you don't, you're not here because of your own intelligence, you know, and then um, the other one, we the people, it was actually the Humuto's idea, so that, that we use that song um, as sort of like a backdrop for that part of the series, but basically it was also a bit of a response to what was happening then with Black Lives Matter mm. and all of that, and I, I just thought like the two um, I don't want to say models, but the people in that we shot, Uko, Fino, Musa, they looked so beautiful and glorious and black mm -hmm. and whatnot. And during this whole thing that was happening about like saying, guys, black lives matter and whatnot. But I also didn't want to be all sad about it. I was just like, but still, like, mm -hmm. we're still beautiful. Like, you're killing us and whatever, but this is still who we are, so you know? Much. Yeah, so <laughs> that's basically what I was trying to do with that. Dope. And is there a chance, you spoke about merch earlier on, so is there a chance that we'll get like t-shirts with your collages on or is it a um, different type of merch? Yeah, so I'm trying to get into making cushions and um, yeah, and tote bags. So that's I'm in that process. Yeah, it's taking its own time. I don't know why, but yeah, I'm, I'm in that process. I've also noticed like with art even... Um, not everybody can buy something that they can hang up on their wall or whatever. I mean, it becomes more expensive when you sell things the gallery way, you know? But there are people on the ground, my peers, people that I also, whose work I love, and we're just basically all in the hustle, who would love to buy things for me, but some of the things are just a bit too costly. And not that it's anybody's mm. job to make things inclusive for other people, but I just like to do that with my work, you know? For somebody who really resonates with it, to be able to afford it in yeah. a different kind of package. So mm. I felt, okay, if I make some cushions and I make some tote bags, maybe then, yeah, the people in the game with me can also yeah. start buying my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Make it accessible for them as yeah. well. Yeah, dope, man. So is, is that the only thing that we can look forward to, like in terms of stuff that we can buy from you in the near future? I mean, being a creative, you also, you are forced to learn the different ways in which your craft can make you money. I never thought would say, okay, my just things with my cushion with my artwork, you know. Uh, but as well, I was at this talk and this curator said something very important and he's um he was talking about digital artists which is basically mm. the field that i play in and it's like the beauty about being a digital artist is that your work can exist on basically anything mm. think about a carton of milk think about a matchbox think about sneakers think about all of those things like your work doesn't just have to be on people's walls you don't have to wait for galleries and you know can people you like that products, yeah. yeah and i was like oh, okay that that's that sounds like something. Mm. And that's when I started also playing around with this idea of like, besides that, how else can my work also exist, but in a very beautiful way and make it yeah. more accessible and most importantly for it to make money for mm. me, you know? Bro, I would love to have a book with your, um, with the cover as one of your collages. Oh, 
I'll think about that Please, as well. I'll think about that as well. I mean we are forced, you mm. know, which is sometimes good. Well, I think it is good because then you stretch yourself. Mm. And I mean in this day and age you need like multiple streams of income. So if your work can sustain you and you can do so many things with it, then you have to do it. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for the sit down. And if Umdu is going to listen to this and they want to commission you, how do they get a hold of you? Um, Instagram. <laughs> I've got my email address there. I check my mails every day. So you can hit me up on Instagram, even just a DM. You mm. can just DM me. I, I, she responds to DMs. <laughs> I fast. do. <laughs> no I delays, do, nothing. I do, I do.